All right, we are live. Welcome to our show. I'm so excited. My name is Dr. Sharnell Wolverton Sihon. I am here with my co-host Craig Walker. I'm so happy to join him today with a very, very special return guest, um, Dr. Bartlett. Craig has not met him before, so this is a new, a new exchange here. But some of you guys are very familiar with his work because of the previous shows we've done, and I've talked about him, of course. I've mentioned his book, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of that, as well as some new information. Um, but before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that we do have a membership to help get this going and keep this alive. And you guys are welcome to join us. We do monthly meetings. We have giveaways. It's kind of a little fun community thing that we started a few months back, and it's been really fun. It's been really fun um, getting together and actually seeing faces. When we get together um, here, obviously it's just the people who are being interviewed and I see you guys comments and everything, but I don't get to meet you. I don't get to talk to you, I don't get to ask questions and, and exchange that um, kind of the way we did at conferences, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is a way for us to connect on a different level. And um, our next one, we have one every month and we have one coming up here with Laura Eisenhower on the 23rd. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so that also hit the like, make the comments share do all the things for the algorithms we can help you know all the help helps and make sure you know because this information especially today and the time that we're in this is important information for people just to saying um, we're going to talk about healing we're going to talk about quantum physics we're going to talk about instant miracles and ways that people can like shift and so this is going to be a fun fun high vibe topic with our dear friend Dr. Bartlett. So without any further ado, I would love for you, Dr. Bartlett, just to, I, I actually found you through an acupuncturist. Um, he told me about your work and I, I got your book right away and reached out to you, found you on Facebook and, and you came on my show a year or two ago. Now it's been a minute. I remember um, that. I remember watching it. Yeah. Yeah. But I just mm. fell in love with, you know, you, you do things and i had a few sessions with you it was very very helpful not just the group one the individual but tell us a little bit about in your words how did you get here like in this space that you're in right now because i know well, you kind of went the western way a while and then kind of switched it up but tell us a little bit about that well i moved from this computer here over to here and then hit. <laughs> i don't know how i got here you know <laughs> I don't even know where I, I don't even know where here is anymore. You know, <laughs> it's 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 an interesting thing because um, I went to chiropractic school in 1983 because disco came in and I couldn't make a living as a bass player anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, our bands were too good. We we had a job with the Sports Page Hilton in Oklahoma City for quite a long time i think three years or something and we played six nights a week but our band was too good and uh people would not come in and drink they would come in and watch the band so so the club even though they loved us you know they lost money but when disco came in the music was so terrible people had to drink you know and then and my first my first child was born about that time and i thought well gee i'm not really earning a living anymore as a bass player and uh 
<laughs> so yeah. I thought, well, what else could I do? I said, oh, I know. And I was actually, I was, I was going back to school because I, I was in music school for a year. It's pretty funny. Um, my grandmother wanted me to go to college and she said, well, I don't, I don't want to go to college. I mean, what do you want me to go to college for? You know, what, what, I'm a baseball, you know, what am I going to do? She goes, well, go, go learn music. So I went, okay. So dummy me. I signed up in Oklahoma University School of Music Theory and Composition, couldn't read or write music. And I was not competing, but I was in classes with people that have been playing classical piano for since age of three, you know, and here I was just a rock bass player. <laughs> and, and so I was, I, I, I went through a lot. I mean, I got where I could actually look at a Beethoven score or something like that. I knew what I was reading. I could follow the whole score. You know, I could even tell you what the, what the developmental themes were and all these things, right? We went through this huge transformation. It's amazing what you can do if you just throw yourself into the deep water of anything, which is kind of how I got everywhere I got. Uh, and then <laughs> I was playing in a band still at that time. I was playing in a band, I think, five nights a week or something like that till two in the morning. And then <laughs> I could get back to the college at four in the morning and then i'd have to get up for a 7 30 in the morning piano class across campus in the snow you know and yeah that lasted about two semesters and then i was like i can't you know i quit because i was taking 20 i was 18 i was taking 21 credit hours you know wow. at the time but you know i still you know like i've got a piano right here and uh I played guitar for a long time, 50 years, but <clears throat> I prefer the piano because I don't know what I'm doing on that comparatively. And so it's the same thing with when I went to become a doctor, I went because uh, I met somebody who was a clairvoyant chiropractor. <laughs> he could look into the body and see the chakras and see the energy centers and see what he was doing. And that's what I thought chiropractic was. And boy, was I surprised when I got to, got to chiropractic school. The way I got to school, though, was really funny is I was, uh, I was thinking, you know, I couldn't go to medical school because they changed the math over in, uh, in sixth grade. And so I started getting migraines from the math because the math didn't make sense anymore. I think it was as deliberate, you know, but I mean, you could, the new math, nobody knew how to teach it. And so it didn't make sense. And it was like hitting a, hitting a brick wall, you know, when you think you know what's going on. And I've done this many times in life. It's a few head traumas mentally. Um, and so, I couldn't go to, to medical school because I couldn't do the math. And at the time, the chiropractic school, they only required two, basically 60 hours of pre-med. So what I did is I went to community college and I majored as a uh, emergency med tech, <laughs> which was really fun uh, up to a point. You know, it was fun to go on on these, uh, you know, cruises with the with the ambulance you know with the sirens flashing and everything and i was like i learned i learned how to pray in an in an ambulance you know because this guy had fallen on hedge clippers on his neck and i went oh no please don't take us don't don't take us on that one you know but um i kind of immersed myself in medicine to see if i liked it <clears throat> and i liked the idea but then i couldn't get into medical school so then i met this clairvoyant chiropractor and he really inspired me tremendously. Um, the things he could do were amazing. So I went to school expecting something like that. So 
what I'm saying is how I got here was uh, I don't know because things just happen. You don't really get where you're going. You 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 think you're going somewhere and then you get somewhere else because the universe has a different idea for what you what you're thinking. Mm. Now, if you're adaptable and flexible, you can just kind of go, okay, this is what's happening. This is where we're going. I accept that and let's do that. (laughs) And it looks like when you look, you know, at the time, you think you're, you know, you're the guy that's doing everything. Mm, I don't think so. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I'm not even sure there's a guy doing anything anywhere, but if there were, it's certainly not me, you know? (laughs) And so, I think I just kind of, uh, you know, I love this Bond movie. I like to use this metaphor where uh, in the Roger Moore Bond movie, Live and Let Die, uh, he's on on the concrete little platform and the alligators all around. And yeah. (laughs) And in in the show, he sees alligator heads lined up. And so he jumps from head to head to get to safety. Well, that was real, actually. But the guy who did it, (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know this till later. The guy that did it was actually the guy that owned the alligator farm. And he got paid a lot of money to try this stunt. We did it for the first time, but it wasn't really good enough for film. We did it the second time. On the third time, the alligators were waiting for him 60 stitches later. Uh, <laughs> but on the first, on the fourth time, he made it successfully. And the thing that's on film is actually him doing the stunt. Wow. <clears throat> so for me, I think it's a matter of seeing where things are lining up and then jumping to that spot because that's all you can tell at the time mm-hmm. and then going to the next place, wherever that leads you. And I can't say that I've even had a plan other than as things unfolded, I just followed what was unfolding. And that even led to, well, the things that happened to me that <clears throat> created matrix energetics because I didn't do that. I had nothing to do with that other than I was going from, I, by then I'd gone to naturopathic school. I I started naturopathic school here in Seattle and uh, why I'm still not sure why I did that, you know, cause I was already a doctor and I just thought, well, I'll tell you why I did that because the chiropractors, you had to write down subluxation of blah, 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 whatever the hell a subluxation is. Right. And, and, and I was treating heart cases and allergies and all sorts of crazy stuff, right? And getting very good results. But something in me just wasn't okay with writing down subluxation of T2 when I was working on the heart. And I wanted the freedom to, to be able to say what I was doing and do what I was doing. <clears throat> then I had a dream. Somewhere in this process, I had a dream where in the dream, the, chiropr- the, the naturopathic board were all gathered around me. And they were hugging me and saying, welcome to the naturopathic profession, brother. And I woke up with tears in my eyes the next day and knew I had to go to naturopathic school. And that was a tricky bit of business, too, because um, since I didn't have any precursors for, I mean, I didn't have the prerequisite. I I was supposed to have a full degree, right? But I only had 60 uh, 60, um, credits of college. So they weren't going to let me in. And then, but and then I asked something I learned from Richard Bandler. Uh, I asked an open-ended question. This is this will get you a long ways, by the way, in anything. I asked an open-ended question. I said, "Well, I assume that the reason you are not accepting me is because you think that the math and the physics involved in the physiology classes, I would have to be able to pass that in order to do that." Well, I've already made A's and B's in all those classes. You can check my record. You know, here's my transcripts. 
And they actually, the board actually had a meeting <laughs> just over that question. And they said, nobody's ever said that before or asked that before. <clears throat> and they let me in. That was wow. their first mistake. <laughs> when I did the interview, one the lady, she she loved me. She was like, Oh, this guy, he's gonna be a credit to the profession and so on and whatever. And the other guy, his I saw their their um analysis later, you know, when I was graduating. And said, this guy, he's a rabble rouser, he's dangerous, you know. And both were right to some degree, you know. Uh but you know, it's just like we think we need to do something in order for something to happen. And this mm -hmm. is the thing with techniques. You think, well, if I do this and I follow these rules, then I will get these results. And then I can put myself out there as a healer. Okay. Put yourself out with the cat, you know, uh, you know, or, or with the bottle of milk. If, if you used to do that, you know, in the, in the old days, you put your, your, your milk bottles out and then the milkman would come and take, take those and give you fresh ones. It's kind of like that. You know, uh, I didn't plan anything to get wherever this is, but there has been progressive, I could call it progressive moments of revelation, I suppose. Uh, but it was from surrender. It's really about surrender. You know this. You know, it's just like, I don't know what's next, but there's something impelling me forward. And if I trust that, where's the next alligator head that I've got to jump to to get to safety, right? <laughs> And it's kind of like how I learned to create a format for the physics that became kind of the foundation for matrix energetics, not for what it could do. No, it just did that stuff. But to try and explain it to someone else where they could grasp it mentally, which didn't help, by the way, because I had physicists unconscious on, on the stage, you know. They were mm -hmm. like, well, that's not blah, blah, blah. And I went, well, what about this? And they're like, clunk, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well, that's different, you know, because I could do the things that they were writing about, you know. I mean, if you take quantum physics and you weaponize it for the people, <laughs> or you take, better yet, take Tesla torsion field physics, Russian physics, and weaponize that, you get things like my friend Peter Garyev. You all heard of Peter Garyev? Mm -mm. He, oh, sad. Brilliant biophysicist who, he's the guy that actually did the experiment where they took the piece of DNA, they put it in a vacuum tube, hit it with a laser, and, and it illuminated the DNA. But then after that, they could take the DNA out and the laser photon image, the hologram of the DNA was still there in the vacuum tube, still visible. Wow. And so <clears throat> what he did, he worked in the, I can't remember which department it was, but he worked in the former uh, Russian military <laughs> in the defense uh, groups, and they were probably trying to weaponize this technology, which a lot of countries have, by the way. Um, and what he what he wound up learning is he could take a picture of a person, which contained all the information of the DNA from the biophotons. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> in fact, I've got technology that can take a picture with a camera and can see the emanations of the biophotons. And then what it does, there's an algorithm in the camera that assigns certain colors to the luminosity of the biophotons at a certain level. So you'll see reds and greens and blues and so on. You can see real time. You can see actually like if I interact with something, I could take a picture and I could show you changes where this is red here. And then after I've interacted with it, it goes blue. <laughs> 
one of the key things that helped me to make these distinctions was a when these things started happening with me i wondered if it could be taught to someone else okay so i, I didn't think you know it's like oh i'm just a gifted individual no i'm not gifted i'm just persistent maybe but not gifted right <laughs> and and i surrender when something happens and then what i do after something happens is i go right back and put it right back to work right it's like, if you're going to give me something, then I assume it's there for a reason and I should probably like go to work with it, right? Mm -hmm. I used to say if I was like a, a psychic surgeon, you know, if one day I was working on a client and I suddenly reached my hand in, you know, to their body, you know, like their tissue separate, I reached my hand, it would scare the hell out of me. I'd be like the, you know, cowardly lion. I would run down Ooh, and I'd run out through the stained glass window, shattering the window and running away. And then I'd dust myself off and I'd come back in and I'd go back to work. You know, this happened to me early when I had a, a lady that uh, early in my career, so to, so to speak, my career, huh, about 2000, when it would be about 2002 or something after I got out of naturopathic school, my office had this lady come in. She came all the way from, I don't know, a couple of states. They drove a couple of states across and <clears throat> I can't remember why she was there. What, what, what did they tell me? God, I can't even remember. There was some reason why they came. And so what I would do when I meet somebody, particularly then, because I'm touchy-feely, you know, I like to get information under my hands as part of the chiropractic training, first, first medical education. And so I can feel stuff and I can feel it from across the room or I can feel you guys. I could tell you what's going on with both of you, you know, if I wanted to, <laughs> uh, because you learn to, pal you know, learn to palpate with your mind. You're kind of like, oh, oh, well, your vertebrae is doing this and your heart's doing that. And if I go deep in there, then your tissues are singing this song, you know, <clears throat> once you start to break down the parameters of what you think is acceptable perception, your perceptions increase. They, they then stabilize at that increased level. And then if you accept that and surrender, you keep expanding more and more and more. And, but of course that only happens in service to something as an outcome, right? Not in I'm doing something because I'm so powerful and so cool. No, it's, I don't have one freaking clue what I'm doing and therefore I'm just going to surrender and I'm going to see what happens. Right. Because <laughs> what else are you going to do? Right. And, and particularly with this so-called COVID, you know, <clears throat> stuff, yeah. um, which I will not comment on because we would like to be able to have the videos on wherever. <laughs> yeah. And I know how that goes because I've done that. I've opened my big mouth and uh, it's not gone so well. So my mouth yeah. will remain closed on the subject, but you can, probably just assess my thoughts around my field and know what I really think about all that. Yeah. Uh, and that's why Facebook has me buried at the bottom of the feet, at the bottom of the bottom of the feet, you know, I think bottom of my feet has a bottom. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, I'm a doctor. I can read actual medical literature in the original, you know, medical ease, you know, so I know what they're really saying versus what you're being told, you know, and I've known it all along. Plus I have, well, you know, whether I've guides or have angels or I'm just completely crazy and stuff talks to me in the all air, the it doesn't, all the above or none of the above. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. It's off to the left here and up here. And it says things sometimes in Latin, sometimes medical, actual medical terminology, sometimes pictures, sometimes images, whatever. Right. I don't care. I'm just like, show me a bunny rabbit in a, in a, in a Victoria's Secret costume. I don't care. Whatever it is, it's fine. You know? And this is, this is one of the things I think is the secret is 
people will assume that information has to be a certain way in order to perceive things and for it to be truthful and to be real. Who cares about truth? Who cares about real? Come on. I mean, I, <laughs> I've been playing because, because I'm, you know, at home. This is, this is what I work with when I work with people. Now, there's reasons for that. I could show you a picture of me actually in an outfit that looks exactly like this that I used to teach in occasionally. <clears throat> I am Batman, you know, a little difficult with the hair and the beard, but I mean, I'm still, you know, still could do it. I've also taught in the Superman costume because I'm, I'm a big fan of iconic energy, you know. I remember, and your green, your green lantern ring. Oh, yeah, well, I still have that, but the, yeah, I've got it here, but the, yeah. the, the crystal fell out of it, but I'm going to have to get another at some point. I, I, I do have I do have my magic amulet from Matrix Energetics, and I do have my Dr. Reese uh, approved uh, Doc Harmonic crystal thing here. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, the T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> that's an lsd trip or ayahuasca i had to i put it on just for you guys today because it's kind of my interview shirt because otherwise i might just be in a bathrobe you know <laughs> which i don't care really you know if that works if that works that's fine yeah you know one of the things that really helps people is to go counter to their expectations about what something is what it means how it's accomplished you know it's like once you give up once you know you're nuts you know and i know this right i've gone through medical school twice and that's that was the rest of my brain and that's it i'm done you know 30 years of stuff and i'm just like i don't care anymore we're making it up okay so we're gonna make it up let's have fun so when i started to work with things like this or i worked with uh let me see if i can find it oh i've got a mess here well friends if i work with an animal i'll often work with this whether it's a horse or a cat or whatever, that. you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, my, I've got a French bulldog down here, but he's a bit heavy to pick up, and he doesn't really <laughs> like it when I work on other people with him, you know? But, um, or a skull, which I don't know. I've got my, it must have fallen on the floor or something. Anyway, here's one, you know? I've got one that has an articulating jaw. But once you realize that the image and patterns of things are, are just the same as the thing because there is no real thing uh i mean that's what quantum physics says basically i i, I smelled a rat a long time ago like okay so you're going to tell me that we have this classical physical reality but we have this other reality this this quantum reality and somewhere between these two there's this threshold where this stuff applies here and this stuff applies there but they don't apply together I don't think so, right? <laughs> a thing is a thing, or you know, you can't divide something like this up. If these are the rules, and these are the rules, if these are the rules, and these are the rules, neither one of these work logically. So one of them has to be more right than another, maybe. Okay. So I started thinking, well, all right, let's break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. You've got the body, you got the systems, you got the organs, you got the molecules, you know, the cells, the molecules, and we get down to the quantum level, and we got nothing. And says, and which is fine because my, my head's full of nothing at this point. So we got nothing. Okay, so let's interact with nothing. So how do we interact with nothing? Well, we have a perception of something that we then imprint on awareness in such a way that we hope is useful. Now, Richard Bandler said something in a class I was in. About 650 people there, but I was on the front row and I, boy, I was paying attention. He said, and I'm going to use his voice, more or less my version of his voice. He goes, 
I've abandoned the search for truth, and now I'm just looking for a useful fiction. Boy, <laughs> that is some wise stuff right there. That is so wise because it's the same thing that the Buddha said in a way, it's just said a little funnier, uh, is it skillful or not skillful? It's not whether it's true or not because nothing in perception is true because it changes. And if it's changing all the time, it can't be rock foundation, solid truth. So everything's perceptual, therefore it's all illusory. That's what the Buddha would say. But the question is not whether it's illusory or not, it's is it useful or skillful or is it not skillful, right? So me playing with dolls, if I can actually enact changes on someone at a distance by playing with a doll, is skillful and useful. It may also indeed be crazy, but I don't care. <laughs> you know, if you don't care, then it doesn't matter anymore. And then you just brush yourself off, come back from, you know, running through the window, and you go back to work, you know. So first time I was working with somebody... And I, I don't think it was on the Batman doll. It was on something else. But I was touching like this. And I was just sinking in and feeling, you know, because if you connect, if you connect with someone at a so-called distance, you have to realize there is no distance. Otherwise, there's no way to connect. One of my physicist friends who had degrees from MIT and Cornell, PhDs in physics from both places, and I figured he knew something about physics, still wound up unconscious on the floor in my seminar, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he said, you know, Richard, it can't be with energy because in order to affect something at a distance with energy, you would kill yourself. You would die before you would have a noticeable effect. You would exhaust all the photons in your body. So I'm like, okay, so torsion field technology, that's the Russian torsion physics, which is more of the Tesla physics getting out of the quantum realm. Cause I, I don't think either one of those makes sense. Honestly, I'm beginning to think now that I've really studied it and read hundreds of books on quantum physics and so on and so forth, and everybody says it's quantum this and it's quantum that. Oh, come on. It's quantum cracker jacks with your cornflakes and surprise in every box. Is it real or not real? Who knows, right? But the thing is, is the torsion field is based upon information theory. It's right. based upon spin. Right. So spin is like an email. So here we have energy. We have imprinting information on that energy, and then we send it at a distance as information in a pattern that connects up with the with with the resonance with that pattern at a distance, however distance that may be, it could be anywhere. And then that unfolds and unzips like the email where you read the body of the email, and then you get the information and you understand it, and you make your own, you know, maybe you answer, you know, back and forth. It's all based on rapport, but it's not based on energy because if it's based on energy. Then you got to limit to building chi, or you got to breathe funny, or you got to, you know, do all this stuff. There's all these rules, like Reiki and this and that. Not to pick on Reiki, but why not? I'm a Reiki master. I'm pretty good with the broom, too. You know, make a clean sweep of the whole subject. But once I realized that the, even the quantum uh, idea was not true, could not be true, then I didn't care if something was true or not anymore about the science. Who cares? I don't, I don't care. I think what it really is, is everything's illusory as the Buddha, as the Buddha said, and as others have said. Uh, and so it's based on perception. If, if you take away all your perceptions, everything, take away your sight, take away your hearing, take away your sense of touch, your kinesthetic sense, your proprioceptive sense, 
everything gets really still. Like if you've ever been in an isolation tank, which I used to own one <laughs> until I wasn't married anymore. And then I realized I didn't need it anymore. <laughs> it was just terrible, terrible. <laughs> but, you know, spent a lot of money after, after, you know, that all dissolved. Then I didn't need to go in the tank anymore because everything was quiet, you know? And, but this is the thing, you take away all the sensory awareness of something, what's left? Thought stops. Thought stops. Body awareness stops. After a while, and I, I was working with a guy who went through, if you're familiar with the term, and there's a lot of fake stuff out there, but went through actual awakening when he was in his 20s. And so he went through the process of dissolving the ego, dissolve, well, not dissolving, the, you don't dissolve the ego, it just becomes irrelevant. It's still there, you still have your preferences, you still have your desires, whatever, but you're, you're not impressed by them, you know? Mm -hmm. So he went through that whole thing where his whole idea of self dissolved. He was a Are drummer. You talking about McKenna? Didn't... McKenna? What's that? Are you talking about McKenna? Terrence no, McKenna. I'm talking about, no, I'm not, although... That started me on a very interesting you, journey. You got me into him, and I am like, oh, my God. Isn't he something? Isn't he something? He's yeah, so much fun. Yeah. He's oh. so much fun. He's so much I fun. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, this is actually someone that was working with me directly. Okay. And I worked with him for two years, and I kind of got, well, I didn't get fired. It was just time for me not to work with him anymore. Mm -hmm. But um, you, uh, McKenna would say, you don't become a Buddha by studying Buddhism. You have to jettison everything. You jettison all your beliefs about everything. Because, again, if you take away all your perceptions, and this happened to me because he, my teacher had me going through an hour and a half of meditation twice a day for two years. And so what would happen was kind of boring. I finally quieted this mind down, which isn't mine even. It got quiet. But what would happen first is my vision would go, and then my hearing would go. And then my sense of having a body would go and then everything was totally silent and it was black and there was nobody there and nothing happening. And I sat there like that hmm. for two years. <laughs> and I'm like, am I doing this right? And he goes, you're doing fine. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. he made them. Well, he didn't make a mistake. I, I had a response to him telling me I was on this fast track to awakening, which triggered all my, oh no, you know, my anxiety performance things, you know, <laughs> I mean, you don't go to medical school twice unless there's something seriously, you know, in your psyche somewhere, right? Eight years because because you you didn't get everything the first time, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it was there was reasons for everything, you know. That's how matrix energetics happened because when I when I went to school, <clears throat> I I was yeah I was still in I was still had a practice in Montana, but I went to school in Seattle. But I couldn't earn a living, couldn't earn a living. I hadn't gotten a degree there yet, and or I hadn't gotten a license. So I had to travel all the way back to Montana on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the times I did that, I was in going through a major snowstorm. And it took me like 13 hours to get there. And then there were people waiting for me, backed up for all day long and then some, because I used to be the doctor for spiritual teacher, Elizabeth Claire Prophet. Uh, I was both her friend and her doctor and confidant. And so this whole community basically knew me and would come see me because I was that. And so I, I've been up all night and then I worked all day. 
at the end of that day, about seven o'clock at night, I was loopy. And this little girl came in uh, with her mother and one in my opinion, because she had a, the little girl had a lazy eye and well, there's things you can do, you know, I mean, you can put the, you can put the hand up into the cranium and you can do what's called an intraoral cranial corrections because the eyes are right here. The sphenoid sits here and the eye sockets are in here. So you could, you could affect those cranial nerves indirectly. So I knew that, but I also knew I tried that on my son who was sick when he was born. He bit me really hard, like a snapping turtle. I took one look at this child. I knew this child would bite. So that was the only only thing I had in my bag of tricks that I thought might help with the lazy eye. So it, not doing that, right? And so what happened, why? Probably because I was exhausted. George Reeves as Superman showed up, you know. I mean, I could see it physically right there with his hands on his hips, you know, with the cape flapping in the wind and his little Superman smile on his face. And his x-ray vision went into the child and I saw this blockage there. And there was this dark kind of, I don't know, thing there. And I just reached out and touched, and this is like how everything started, touched her forehead and this shot of light went through her. And I saw the blockage dissolve and it kind of bounced back. And then her eyes were twinkling at me. And then she said, there's two of you. And I was like, and I knew what that meant. She was, her, her eyes were converging, her visuals, her visual mm -hmm. sense were converging because, you know, your stereoscopic vision, you have, you have your right and your left, but they have to form, you know, a, a union in order for you to be able to see, you know, like we normally do depth perception. And so that was it. And then the next day, every person I touched had all these responses. And I don't, I mean, yes, definitely there was something that happened there, but I don't know what it was. It could have been an angel, could have been me, could have been, you know, the coffee I had the night before. Who knows, right? I don't know. Uh, but it started a process of examination where I went, okay, something's happened and it's consistently happening. Mm -hmm. And then the scientist in me kicked in and said, well, if something's consistently happening, there must be rules to how it's happening. Not necessarily true, by the way, but useful again skillful versus not skillful skillful to have a belief that helps you to do something versus a belief that prevents you from doing it you know sure. right that makes sense and so if you look at it that way you can jettison everything you know like with the awakening thing like i said i got to the point where i realized that there was no me and i'm still kind of there where I watch this creature talk and show things and talk to you and interact, but I'm like, I don't know what it is, right? But it got to the point where I realized that the key is, is to dissolve the sense of self to the degree that your perceptions kind of blur out and then you can reach into a pattern, doesn't matter how far away, you know, and you can start to interact with it. and. What started to happen, and it still happens now, and it drives me crazy. I, I'll be working with someone just like this morning, and I'll, my hands by themselves will touch an area because that's where they know to go, you know. Like if we worked with your right shoulder there, we can just go here, you know. And then I can see the clavicle, and I can see it's been separated, and I can see the muscle bundle here, and blah, 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 and the kind of strain here, and the elbow there, so on and so forth, you know. So then you go in there, and then you dissolve into it. There you go. It's moving. You dissolve into it and 
you actually feel something that is a solid piece of plastic moving, melting, morphing out from under. You start to see into the body, all sorts of, of course, it helps if you've had, you know, tons of cadaver anatomy and been through medical school twice and all this other stuff, right? That's all very helpful, I suppose. You don't need it, but, but you know, if you have it, then you might as well use it. Or it uses you really more correctly. It uses you. Because once you have it, it's either there when you need it. If, if you're let, willing to let go, it's there when you need it. And when you don't need it, it's something else. Or it's nothing. So here we go. So we go with the shoulder here. There you go. <laughs> That's good. And then this little inguinal thing here. Not necessarily a hernia, but a little inguinal thing here. So we'll just move that a little bit like that. And unlock the hip there. There we go. And what started happening even before, well, after chiropractic school, but before I went to naturopathic school, uh, I'm going to leave this. It's still working. Um, my hands would go together by themselves. Again, this is this trust thing. It's like when you, when you, when you surrender the idea that you're a separate individual or you're even an individual at all, you're a holographic illusion in a pattern of a universal something that you don't even know what that is you start to actually just kind of relax and you kind of go since i don't know what's going to happen next but i can trust that it will then we'll just see what what occurs right and it's beautiful oh there goes your hip moving on the right side and your your ilium as well yeah well we could do that with you as well but that's a different area on you Anyway, my hands just go here by themselves. You see, there's nobody driving this ship that I can recognize. I, I even have a T-shirt now that says fictional character on it. You know, <laughs> I have four of them because I thought it was such a great T-shirt I wore it in seminars, you know. Um, because all the, all the things that you think you are, that, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a male, blah, 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 blah. Not that I'm a they, they're them, that sort of thing. <laughs> You know, no, sorry, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not non-binary, I'm not binary either, I'm Boolean, you know, I'm somewhere in, you know, <clears throat> fuzzy logic. <laughs> so, or I'm a Boolean cube <laughs> and a steaming cup of water. Okay, so that's just moving some more. There we go. And that's starting to open up your respiration, let, releasing your diaphragm. Your liver's a little tight. Not your liver. It's not a problem, but it's just a little tight against the diaphragm because it sits right under the diaphragm there. And so everywhere my hand touches, by the way, everywhere, all these points of reference, you talk about the two point in these books and it doesn't even, there's no point to the two point. It's, look, here's a point. Here's a point. Okay, fine. This is before. This is after. Shortest distance between two points is a line. Okay, fine. So now it's a number line. So you take the number line, you got a zero here, that's here, that's here, the point of no point, as I like to call it, zero point reference for time and space, okay? That's where I went when I'd collapse into the nothingness. There was no person there. So then you've got your negative numbers. I don't know which way it goes, <laughs> dyslexic. Negative numbers and positive numbers, maybe, right? Doesn't matter. So look, we could take you and we could put you on a graph. So we could put this here and put that there. And oh, and that goes out there. That's funny. Ooh, you can see his circulation just increased. Okay, so so there's that. Well, okay, these are imaginary points. And in fact, by the way, in physics, 
particularly in quantum physics, you need to have imaginary numbers and real numbers in order to form what's called a, a conjugate complex. Okay, so once you realize that, you realize that everything is based upon both things that appear real and things that are obviously not real. That's where you get into your conundrum with this is real, but this quantum world says it's just a bunch of patterns that are moving in a swirling matrix that are only in the probability of being there if you observe them. Okay, so if you observe things in a new way, and this you really have to observe it in a new way. You have to let go of expectation. You have to let go of programming. You have to, even just for the blink of an eye, that's all it takes. It doesn't even take that. <clears throat> but you just let go of it for the blink of an eye and things can change, but not if you're trying to make them change or want them to change because then you're still stuck here in what you think is a real number, but really the whole thing's imaginary. <clears throat> so you take this, like say here and here, okay? And then we go here, there you go. <laughs> That's a different consciousness there, see? Uh, and, and things start to morph. And in fact, when I would teach seminars, we'd be in a room full of 300 people or something, the walls would start breathing and the carpets would start talking and all sorts of things would be happening. <laughs> people would be spinning around in circles and laughing like dolphins. And you, you just never knew what was gonna happen. Oh, there, my hands came together. So we're finally done with you there. So enjoy that. That's gonna keep changing. Uh, see, they do that by themselves. So if you just let go of expectation enough and you don't expect anything, but you surrender to the moment, which that's all you really have. That's what all the, that's what McKenna says. That's what all these people say, right? He says it better. And if I were going to awaken, which maybe I'm on that track, uh, it, I would be snarky like that. I'm sure, you know, but he's also brilliant. You know, my whole Jeb McKenna journey started when first time I went to Germany. Uh, I knew we were going to have a long plane ride. I used to have panic attacks. So I thought I've got to get something to read. Okay. And so I went to the new age bookstore because, well, why not? <laughs> and I was in there and I asked the open-ended question, which I developed a habit of doing. Uh, is there anything here that I need to pay attention to? And I heard an answer. It says, go over there and find those books. And so my vision went like a zoomed in across the across the store onto this bottom shelf i went over there to the bottom shelf where i was being directed and there were the enlightenment trilogy by jed mckenna and i bought all three of them because i thought well that should take some time to read right because then one of the things i wanted to do is distract myself from freaking out that i was on a 11 hour journey you know to someplace i'd never been by the way like i'd never been out of the united states and here i am going to go to germany and and I was nervous about that to start with. How is this going to translate? Is this going to work in, a, in another country in a foreign language? I didn't know, right? So I read those books. And by the time I got done reading, and I read all three of them because I'm a very fast reader. I read all three. And by the time I got done, I was done. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, reality, not so much. <laughs> and I, I knew that I'd read and experienced truth. And I knew I would never be the same. And I never have been after that. But I was never going to be the same anyway, because whatever your journey is, you're on it. You can't avoid it. It's not going to. You can appear to take sidelines. You can appear to make decisions. I don't think you ever do. I think it's all laid out already. And when you can let go enough to surrender into it, that's when it becomes really a magical journey. Because you don't have to care what happens next. You just have to be present for it. Mm. 
And so that's part of that's part of this whole thing. You know, it's like when I show up and I work with somebody like I was just working with you, I just allow whatever is going to come to come. I'm present for that moment with that person. I don't even want to be there half the time, right? I get up, I go get some coffee, I take the dog out and I sit down. I go, okay. <laughs> I kind of do that, right? Surrender. Because it might be somebody like with a page full of stuff and some of it I just look at it and went, oh no, no, please, not this, not this, not. No. And I've got UFOs following me and demons are snatching my sister from out of her cradle and she's, 35 years old and i'm like oh kill me now right and it always winds up being great because once you surrender all of that and you just show up in that moment present then the magic whatever it is unfolds now it may be words that come out of your mouth it may be things that you're seeing energetically and by the way i don't believe in a thing i'm seeing even if i i'm good enough and i am good enough to see into a body and be able to see the ligaments like I did with your shoulder and see the actual anatomy, which some, which I can do that. I'm very familiar with it. But if I see an alien talking to you or something, I don't think that's an alien, but it sure looks like an alien. And I'll go with that. That's fine. It could be Donald Duck with a dental drill. That's why I tell people, I don't care, right? Let it drill a hole in the back of your head and pull your cerebellum out and dust it off and put it back in there new and fresh, right? When you start playing like that and you give up the idea that what you're believing and perceiving is real, you now have an, a whole new journey in front of you where you can just be amused by whatever's going on. And that amusement drops you into, you call it the heart space. I call it the place of no place because I don't think it's about feeling. I don't think it's about divine love. I certainly don't think it's about compassion. Screw that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with Jed on this, you know, it's about this moment and just this moment and being fully in that moment to the degree that you can be amused by it, terrified by it, whatever it takes. Like I've, I've been watching uh, Lois and Clark again, Superman, big, big, big icon in my whole life. And, and Terry Hatcher playing Lois is just, well, I was in love with her, quite frankly. I still am when I watch her. And I, I find myself crying. But is is it a, is there a me that's crying? And why is it crying? It's kind of like the ocean. The wave comes in and you kind of don't, don't personalize it. And you kind of go, oh, okay, I'm crying. That's cool. You know? And if you don't go back and find all the reasons why you're crying and you don't go look for all the connections with when you were sad, all that stuff is just labels on a field of energy that can change in the blink of an eye because you've given up the story. There, I've had my say on that. My hands come together, like, shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I was so, just thinking, <clears throat> sorry, carry, carry on. No, go ahead, no, you were just thinking. That's why my hands <clears throat> came together. What were you thinking? Oh, um, well, or should I not be thinking? I don't know now. Um, no, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just, just where, where does, like the will and the intention come into all this. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think it does, but I think it appears to. Okay. There's a difference. Um, I described intention because people would be intention about it. You know, like they'd be also, you know, I've got to make this happen. You know, it's like, good luck, you know, right? And what I found is the more I relax, let go, and even depersonalize the idea that there was even a human, which we're not too sure about, on stage 
the more powerful things were when I wasn't the personal pronoun thinking I was directing things, mm. you see? So mm -hmm. the intention is, for my intention was always to, well, here's what my quote guides told me. And I wrote, they told me to write it down. I was in my office. I remember when this happened. Write it down, man. <laughs> and so I wrote it down. It's three steps. Drop down, place intent, let go. Well, the dropping down is taking the awareness that where you think you're in your head or you think you have a head, right? There's actually a Douglas Harding has a book called On Having No Head, where he was going across uh, in Tibet and suddenly realized he could see 360 degrees all around him forever. There was no, there was, you know, and by the way, that, that makes you wonder about the curve of the earth too. If you can see, you know, <laughs> for a long ways, you know, it's like, yeah. well, why can I, why is there no, yeah. <laughs> so that's another whole story. It's, it's worth it's worth it's worth taking your beliefs apart and going why do i believe this who told me this mm -hmm. what is my evidence for that and mm -hmm. how can i disprove it to the point where i at least question what it is i mean i'm afraid to question it's really useful like the whole quantum thing you know i kind of latched onto that because i could use it for for a beginning of a discussion and that's what's in those books although the second book talks about torsion field energy and russian physics uh but when, uh, for instance, quantum physics never describes people spinning in a circle, you know, <laughs> and I would see that all the time. Sometimes people go into yoga positions and they'd, they'd spin in Tai Chi or they'd be upside down. I would, I would be teaching on stage and all of a sudden I'd do a headstand just out of nowhere. Just, and I didn't even know when I was going to happen. I could almost feel it happen, but it's like, used to be when I go down into the audience people I would touch, they would go, you know, it, it was like a revival sort of thing. I'd touch some and they were laughing and they were unconscious or whatever would happen. It was like parting the wave of people. And so then, but at some point I knew I was going to go upside down because that started happening at one point. Thank God it doesn't usually happen anymore. But I had William, my friend, hold on to the back of my belt so that when I did get to that point and I went upside down, he was there to, to grab me, you know, and that, that works pretty well up to a point until you start working with things that are apparently imaginary but yet can affect you physically like 600 or 900 pound dolphins i'm not sure how much they actually weigh but when they hit you in the chest you know you've been hit let me tell you it's like it's like being on a football field and getting being hit by a professional linebacker i've been i've been teaching and then suddenly thrown through the air backwards flying you know 20 feet and hit the back of the stage never injured by the way and other people have the experience as well. So you're like, hmm, that whole entertain angels unawares. Why? How did that become dolphins? I don't. I don't know. But <laughs> that's part of the whole mystique of matrix energetics. These there are these things that are there as parts of that experience. I don't know where they came from. I don't know how that happened. I know the stories connected with it, but are the stories true? Or are they just useful points? to point you in between the two points, I say there's no, po no point to the two point, point you in between the two points where things become probabilistic and you can't actually determine what's going to happen. You see, I need things to be controlled. I need to control healing. I need to be able to do this. I need to build, you know, right? When you surrender that, those things may indeed happen but they happen not because you did them. That's that intent part you're asking about. Not because you did them, because you've surrendered your idea of a free will or a will 
to the point of I'm going to just be a blank vessel for whatever happens in the next moment. Because I remember I love telling this story because I don't I didn't know about it. And somebody told me uh, about a year ago I was I was on the stage someplace. I think it was Seattle. And I jumped off the stage. A lot of people there and I had to go to the bathroom. Well, the stage was fairly high. So instead of going down the stairs, I just jumped off. But I kind of <laughs> I was kind of imbalanced when I jumped. So I grabbed this guy by the shoulder to steady me. And then I let go of him and I went on to the bathroom. Well, apparently he had pain in his low back for 10 years and it was completely gone after that. I didn't do nothing. I didn't even know anything happened. I didn't care, right? Wow. To me, that's that's letting go of the idea that there's a you doing something and then that's the intention to let go so deeply that you become a vessel for what can happen when you're not trying to analyze it or computerize it or make it something that fits your perceptual window of what you think is possible. I can see that. Yeah, I get that. That's awesome. But it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey because you're like, yeah, I think you have, you know. And if you're reading Jed McKenna, well, you're doomed, you know. You know that, right? <laughs> you're doomed. Anybody that reads Jed or anything like that is doomed to surrender to whatever the universe has in mind because if it resonates with you, you're never going to be the same no matter what. People have gone to the seminars with me. They resonated with that. They were never the same, you know. Yeah. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't anything I did. Maybe what Melissa did, because Melissa's a genius and cute. And and for the male part of the audience and some of the females, that that has power, you know. <laughs> but but I mean, it's the interplay and the the cosmic drama of what appears to be happening, and then letting go of what appears to be happening, to maybe notice what could happen if you didn't care what happened next. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's a yeah, pretty yeah. magical place. It's a fun yeah. place to be. The surrender thing is like major for, for me. I needed to hear that. So me, too, me too. You you really are speaking to me here. Like there's things going on. Yeah. This is making a well, lot I'm of sense. Speaking to me too. I'm not <laughs> when I when I got analyzed psychologically in chiropractic school, they said I was a type triple A, just short of patent with a strong mystical bent. That was my psychological <laughs> profile. Wow. Yeah. 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 So I've been able to appear to make a lot of things happen over life, but I've also seen things unhappen and I've seen things, well, I wasn't too crazy about happening, but once you let go of whatever it is, like you come out and your tires flat in your car or, or your wheel, we had our wheel fall off on our car. You're just like, thank God we were coming out of the driveway and the wheel fell off. Right. I totally yeah. fell off. Like, thank God that didn't happen on the highway, right? <laughs> I'm good with this. I, I laughed. I was like, oh, this is good, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you can look at anything in the moment that's happening, no matter if you like it or not, no matter if it's traumatic or it's difficult or whatever, as just what's occurring, if you don't relate it back to what happened a minute ago or what's going to happen a minute after that, you've got this little window here and you're wow. living through that window, then whatever's going on is perfect. It, it will never disturb you. I, I've come to the point where I don't think there's such a thing as emotions. I think they're thoughts that are labeled as something. And we take a labeled thought, we create a current around it, we form references for that current, we make that current stronger, and then we have an imprint for that current. So every time we have this, we pull up all these references for what that means, and then we amplify that and experience it. 
my god. Does that sound sane? Not to me. <laughs> oh man, this this is you have no idea. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to listen to this like four times. I'm gonna have to listen to this myself. I was thinking that, yeah. This is there's a lot in this. Uh, I mean, I've taken four pages of notes. Um <laughs> you know, it's like, funny. It's funny you say that. The first time Melissa Johnson, who wound up teaching with me and actually becoming my life partner as well for quite a while. Um she was from the farm. She actually was one of the top salespersons at Pfizer. She's glad she's not in that anymore. Uh, doesn't want to be, you know, like mm, go through tribunals or something. <laughs> yeah, yes, the heck with that, you know. Yeah. Uh, like the satanic ritual called the Grammys, sponsored by Pfizer. There's a good wake up call. Uh, it says you. it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the first time she took a bunch of notes. I'm referring to that. And she, she's like fascinated because she never met anybody that didn't have talking points because she'd go into, you know, talk to doctors, whatever. She had her talking points all lined out and she's gorgeous. And that's really why they had her probably. But she's also brilliant. And so I she saw me do a talk and I had no idea. Like now I had no idea what I'm going to say next. I don't care, you know, and she found that so amazing. She went to the seminar. Well, actually, she went to the seminar because her fiance at the time at the time uh <laughs> he i didn't know he was a surfer but i said you're more comfortable I, I brought him up to play with him we were in a little group you know people about 100 people watching me and it was a two-hour presentation i said well you're more comfortable on water and so i worked with him on water and then i looked at her and i said well if you're with him then i need to work with you too because otherwise you're not going to match up you know <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so she came up and i i did something with her i don't know i just raised my hand i think and her head she went she, i don't know how anybody does this she went over backwards and her head was looking out through her pelvis from the front yeah and i'm looking at this i'm going you know well, <laughs> this sort of stuff happens all the time right it just happens this is just part of that whole thing whatever that is right and yeah. so anyway that got her attention believe me and then so she said she went to the first seminar she took a lot of notes took everything down that i said the second time she went to a seminar and she went to many before we actually physically interacted again uh she said she took no notes and she slept through the whole seminar and she said she knew more and got more out of that than attending the first seminar where she tried to make sense of it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, I've got all that training, but trying to make sense of this, sorry. You know, I was like, yeah. I'm well, nuts and here's a doll and I'm Batman and we're going to play and you're going to feel stuff and that's the way yeah. it is. And if you don't like it, well, don't pay for it, you know. You know? I have a, uh, my, my doctor, Dr. Lucky, um, in Mississippi, he does something, he does a lot of this similar and that he was my mentor and he's got dolls and machines and, you know, everything is just fun and playing and he, it just makes it really, really light and he might work all day. Yeah. 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 So it's not even connected to anything. I'm just going to turn the knobs and you're going to change. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a little dolphin energy for you there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, are you doing conferences now or seminars now? Uh, 
Well, I'm still, I told my, I told my CFO, I said, I'm not going to go teach live anywhere until there's no more masks. There's no more so-called social, you know, the term social distancing didn't even exist before they made it up for this crisis. It doesn't mean anything other than we're going to mind control you. And the masks don't work, of course. Of course they don't. I wore a Batman mask on one of my promos. I said, the only mask I'll ever wear. And I put my, it's like the opposite, big, isn't it? Big, I put my big Michael Keaton actual <laughs> real looking thing on and more of that, you know, for that. But the thing is, when I, I don't have the expenses of going out and then wondering if there's going to be an audience and whether they can come and no hotel is going to tell me I can't, you know, and I told people, I said, look, if I'm in a seminar, I may tell you to come all sit in my lap and we'll right. teach the seminar from my lap because I'm not going to social distance and I'm not going to, I'm not going to obey any of your rules. So, right. so up to that point, I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere. Right. And then I don't have to worry about the travel expenses or hotel yeah. or, you know, any of that, but yeah. I much prefer the live experience. I much prefer yeah. it, but I'm going to be teaching. I, I probably should mention, I'm going to be teaching starting February 21st, a two hour per session, nine sessions basic MED, Master Energy Dynamics, which is working with the structure and physiology of the body and the fight or flight responses as a holographic reference for the body being able to learn and to change by itself. And it's uh -huh. very powerful. And in fact, I've been doing it since uh, about 1989. And it uh -huh. came along before Matrix Energetics, but I've just never written about it in a book. Uh, uh -huh. Although the third book may have some of that. So anyway, I'm going to be doing that. And if anybody's interested, they can they can get that, but you'll probably, I don't even know if I'll be on with, with your audience before that. So I don't yeah, care. You, you probably, <laughs> yes. Well, we'll make sure that, and I'll put all the links and everything so people can. Find well, I appreciate, I appreciate that. You can ask Kay cause yep. I barely, I mean, I know I start February 21st at eight o'clock in the morning Pacific time and it's okay. going to be two hours and it's going to be twice a week for however many weeks that'll be four weeks plus one or something. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's always, it's always kind of like talking to me here. It's always going to be like, I know how to teach all of that, but how to teach it to you, that's the right. difference, you see. Yeah, so whoever's yeah, yeah. there, whoever's <laughs> there is going to get the benefit of whatever comes out in that moment. Right. I, I don't, I don't control any, I don't think I ever did control anything, but I certainly don't anymore. That's awesome. That's awesome. I just, I just show well, up open mouth, insert foot. And then if that doesn't work, I insert the other foot. I like it though. I like it. Well, I want to encourage everybody who's watching to connect with this guy because he was a big part of my healing. And I thank you for just being um, such a light to me when I was going through my healing crisis slash uh, reverse engineering myself uh, through remembering and your work and it was a, a group effort for sure, but um, but I'm here on the planet still because of a big big part of, of you and your teaching and just you're impart, imparting that to me. So um, I know there's a lot of people who are going through a lot of physical things, emotional things, mental things, you know, um, confusion, you know, people ready to to get off of all these like things that are dumbing everybody down, you know, or numbing everybody out. And, you know, this is a great way for you guys to plug in 
and find someone that can maybe get you back on your path and remembering. And of course, grab his books too. He even mentioned that he, uh, before we got on here live, he was saying, I just reread my book and I don't even remember saying that. So <laughs> I might, re I'm going to go probably go back and reread these myself, but I'm going to have links for all of this as well. And um, yeah, any final words for, you know, for today, because I know you well, there. There is some magic in those books, I suppose, if you want to say things are magical, because um, when I did my, uh, I had to meet the board members of Simon & Schuster, who, was gonna, who were going to, you know, put the book out and promote it. And there was about 17 people in a conference room up, uh, up on uh, Fifth Avenue in New York, and uh, more than half of them wound up unconscious, uh, drooling on their shirts. One guy was playing the violin. <laughs> And finally, my publicist said, Richard, I'm going to leave now because my fillings in my teeth are vibrating and uh, I'll see you when you're done down. And they never knew how to promote me after that. So the books, though, if you open them, all bets are off. You know, uh, the book will do with you what it needs to do. And good luck with that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And thanks for fixing my shoulder. That was awesome. Because Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> everybody who knows me knows I've been dealing with this for a bit. So that's really nice. Well, let me just, let me tweak that just a little bit more here. Let me yeah. hold on. Hold still for a second. Hold still okay. for a second. Because okay. I just need to, you know, just kind of, there you go. Let me just get in there for a sec. There we go. And yep. Well, then, then there's this here. So let me just do that. <laughs> and then we'll just put a giggle in the diaphragm there, and then that should be pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Well, I do hope that everybody watching will connect and do your thing, you know, share, get this out. You never know who in the world will need to hear this, and it's going to click for them, and something said will will shift um for other people and so i do encourage you guys comment share get it out there help us get it out there if you can help us um with our, we do have a membership and you guys are welcome to join us on that we do have a meeting on the 23rd we meet once a month and um, i'm going to be with laura eisenhower craig and i will be with her on that sunday um, right before, right after your first meeting on the 21st. Mm -hmm. And um, all of you guys are invited. There'll be a link here to um, <clears throat> you guys to grab that. Um, Craig, do you have any final words besides that? You're so awesome, Dr. Richard. And anything? Yeah. <clears throat> Honestly, I love that. And and I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to it. But with what you're, you're saying, there's a definite impartation. And I can feel it. And, and I really enjoyed that. Thank you very wow. much. Oh, you're very welcome. Again, what whatever I might say is generally for whoever's listening and whoever might listen in the future. And I, I have no control over that. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, like I said, I'm not the best partner to have even in a seminar. Melissa and I would agree what we're going to do, right? And I go out on stage and do something totally different because my yeah. novel would open and something else would come out or <laughs> some other you know. But that's great. It's, I love that. I really love that. Yeah. It's yeah. prophetic. It's it is. Uh, yeah. I love. I mean, that, Craig and I have that background where where you just move prophetically, whether it's healing or teaching or you know. I love that you have that um, attitude or you know just the way you do things. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah. And I would love to have you back. I, I think well, I appreciate that. Yes. So I will be in touch, and I'll um I look forward to that. And all right. Well, awesome. thank you for this. This is a lot of fun. 
Thank you with, very for much. For me, with both of you, and that's kind of my criteria for doing anything anymore. Am I going to have fun? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I got my whole house of Superman. And oh, there Wonder you go. There you and go. I even got the tattoos to match, you know, one on yeah, each side. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah. <laughs> those are was, those are important icons because if people can't do something, you pick something or somebody that can. Yes. Yeah. I once I once pushed a car, a very heavy, like a three-quarter ton truck out of a out of a mud that was mired up to the th three-fourths up the tire, pushed it uphill on a concrete mm. hill with my back because I accessed Hercules, you know, because I couldn't <laughs> do it. I tried it, nothing moved, and then I accessed Hercules and I pushed it up the hill. So you know, and <laughs> you know? No, I know. Well, I know. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, well, well, my kids were crying in the car. We were stuck in the rain and in the middle of nowhere at night. So I pretty much had to do something. Had to do something. Yeah. Well, I love it. And we love you. And I look forward yeah. to next time. And thank you so much again. I appreciate thank you. you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye, we'll guys. Bye, See you. Nice to meet you. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Is he freaking awesome?